This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you've not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to the boys ramble on about it. Thank you very much. So, as a great man once said... This is where the fun begins. For fuck's sake, how long have you had that? We've had, we've so we've had recording problems. There's a Craig shortage. He won't join. We're well, welcome to another di- happy pod, by the way. Yeah, yeah hi everyone. <laughs> uh, we're doing a different thing. Hello so there. I'd imagine that Nathan. Hello, hello there, Nathan. I'd imagine you've had this up for. Hang on, this was a general soundboard that you were telling me about. How have you got this? No, it's uh, it's a customizable soundboard. I I filled it with uh, some sounds that I just downloaded earlier today. <laughs> This is cool. Oh no, my biggest fear has been confirmed that this is going to become a general thing that you can you can change to 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 be reflective of whatever we're recording about. Absolutely, yeah, that's the plan, baby. Anyway, welcome to another happy pod, everyone. You're like, <laughs> You're like that guy, um, the guy that hosts Fire in the Booth when like when a rapper does like a, a, an excellent bar. I've never sounded yeah. whiter than that, have I? Um, yeah. when... <laughs> When a rapper does a when a rapper does a tremendous lyrical bar, um, and then and then um, and then Big Charlie will come in with one of them fire sound effects or explosions or something. That's what you look. Are. We all we all regularly watch Fire in the Booth and have seen <laughs> every episode and not just the Man's Not Hot clip. So yeah, we we all know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> was Man's Not Hot even Fire in the Booth? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Was it? I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That's that's where it was born. Anyway. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. What an odd little time period. <laughs> Fuck, stop doing this! <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, Obi- Obi-Wan Kenobi. Why can you not say it normally? <laughs> I just get the little kick out of winding you up. I know it frustrates you a little bit. It does. Uh, it's, I don't know why it frustrates you as well. It's just a little funny thing. Don't press it. Don't press it, you <laughs> fucking such a dick. You're such a knobhead. Right, we're talking about it. Disney Plus's new... Si- oh, Nathan! Sorry. Disney Plus's new six-part epic series. Series one, potentially, potentially could be just a limited series, could be more down the line, who knows, of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and and it kind of it features the, the big rematch from Revenge of the Sith, which has now become hailed as like one of the the most epic battles in all of Star Wars. Uh, I was pretty hyped for this. I'd imagine you were too. Uh, no, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, no, Sam. Yeah, fuck this show. I wasn't even there for it. I wasn't. I wasn't waiting at eight a.m. day one. You actually wasn't, um, but I was. Yeah, you were actually. It's true. Yeah. I have to wait. All right, yeah, I have to you wait. Have to wait. Yeah. Um, but no, no, yeah, I was obviously very, very excited for this show. Very excited to see Ewan and Hayden back in action. Um, so, so yeah, I was very excited. Yeah, it's good shit. I think because this, this has been, it's been something. I think this and the Boba Fett thing were like the two big things that were like in circulation for years. There was always going to be like a what if they did a Kenobi movie? What if they did a Boba Fett movie? Yeah, and like, and only... that is how both of them started out as well. They were yeah. both originally going to be movies, um, but you know, plans change, things happen. I think once like Disney Plus came out and they saw the success of the Mandalorian, they like switched up gears and think and thought, you know, let's uh, let's try something new here. Let's let's see if we can do this. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and I, th- I think it was who was it was supposed to. Uh, direct Boba Fett. I think it was. Um... It was I think it was Colin, wasn't it? Colin. No, no it wasn't Colin. Colin was going to do episode, episode nine. nine. Yeah, it, it was, was Josh um... Trank. Yes, it was. It was Josh Trank. Yeah, I think he was even announced as, uh, or they were going to announce him because he was due to appear at Star Wars Celebration, like I want to say twenty fifteen, I think. But then they said, like, <laughs> just after Fantastic Four came out, oh, he's sick. He can't come. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, did they really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that very quickly changed. To be fair, he was dealing with a lot of shit around the time that movie came out, so maybe that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, just, just yeah. We, we could go into a whole thing about how, you know, certain directors don't deserve just, like, the relentless fucking attack that they get for making a movie that people don't like. If you haven't read Josh Trank's review of Fan, uh, of Fan Four Stick on his... Uh, was it his letterboxed, I think? I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, it's, it's, good, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good read. read. Yeah, good little <laughs> insight as well. <laughs> yeah, some um, eye-opening stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but Josh Trank aside, here we are. Here we are indeed. Yeah, I was quite, I was quite excited for this. Obviously, like, um, I didn't really know because obviously it, this was one of them things where they they were so reserved about putting stuff out there for it until like. A week before, when you couldn't go on YouTube without seeing a fucking Hayden Christensen and Obi Wan Kenobi, and Obi Wan Kenobi, and you and McGregor did uh, did this interview, and they did uh, I don't know, like for they did the British. They answered thing. the web's most searched questions. <laughs> yeah, they 
they, I don't know, they ate British and American snacks for some reason. They, <laughs> they put their pint glasses on the side of the thing they agreed with. They, they put their hands in boxes and felt various <laughs> bugs or something, whatever. Did, did they have a hot one? Uh, I don't think they did have a hot one. Um, <laughs> That's because they had hot many. Uh, they yeah. <laughs> couldn't stop. Uh, but yeah, it was it was kind of like really, really quiet on the front of everything, and then all of a sudden, uh, it just kind of exploded. And then, uh, yeah. and then before you know it, you have the first two episodes, and then it felt like a really quick wrap up, didn't it? Like it felt like um, the two episodes were out, and then we had three weeks of of hype, really, and that was. Yeah, it was it was a quick yeah it was quite quick just because of the way the the episodes uh, the release was structured yeah so one thing I wanted to ask you some people could say the expectations are the thief of joy okay and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and 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 what would you think about that and did you have any expectations going into this show I always try and go into something that I love with lower expectations than normal because it's i i'm a strong believer of you know film shouldn't be written by fans because nine times out of ten yeah no but nine times out of ten the ideas that fans put forward are just so lame bad and yeah surface level boring um, i've got got some notes on that trust me (laughs) we're gonna discuss that (laughs) okay all right and um yeah and it's just I, i so i think I agree with it to an extent. I think I I was I went into this with the expectation of what I really want out of it is some Obi-Wan Kenobi dealing with some trauma stuff. Yes. Um I I was already skeptical about the amount naturally that we'd see Hayden because as we know his face looks like a burnt sausage. <laughs> uh so that's a lot of prosthetics and he's uh, oh, oh, like that's a lot of prosthetics take into account that he's also way too old to realistically portray the age he was in flashbacks. But point proven, point proven, I was wrong about that to a degree. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah, and also the um, the the thing, yeah. If it wasn't even just for that, like he's he's supposed to be in one of the most iconic helmets of all time. Yeah, in in in, in pop culture, like like history, it's like one of the most up there in terms of recognizable pieces of IP ever made. Um, so I was like, they're obviously going to lean on that to a degree. Um, I think I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. I went in, I went in naturally trying to hope for the best. Uh, and I, I I liked what we got, but then I also realized like when they were making episode three, they didn't build it with this epic fan service in mind. It's, it's in, it's in the latter appreciation of the prequels that people have come to love the hello there and the yeah and the and the the, the kind of the meme of it has made, has given it a second life. Um, I prayed that they wouldn't rely on it too much, and I also prayed that they'd uphold the epicness of of what it should be. Um, and I think they I think they found a middle ground to a degree. I I I think I said to you, I was actually hoping he doesn't say it in in the show, <laughs> just because yeah. like. I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessarily needed. Like, and if and if like in the very first episode, like there's I don't know there's some let's say some Jedi just strolling through Tatooine and then they come across a hooded figure and he pulls the hood down and then he goes hello there. Then I would have been like okay that's mm, is that necessary because then stupid. that would have been 
that would have been the empty fan service. But the the actual hello that we got, it actually felt earned though because of like what he went through throughout the whole show. So it, it wasn't it wasn't just empty fan service. It wasn't just look at this thing that you know and that you like. It, it was, was it was well, actually. I, I think it was a wrap up and a nod, wasn't it? Like it yeah. was a it was at the end of the last episode. He was seeing Luke, um, and it was it was clearly just supposed to be a little reference, a little nod and a wink. Um, but I, th- I think it's I think it's slightly more than that. I think it's also showing that he is, you know, more. Pro- he has progressed more from like when the series started, and he's more into the the old Ben character that that we see in in a New Hope rather than you know the traumatized uh, Obi Wan from from previously. So I, I think it's a little yeah. bit of that as well. No, I get that. Yeah, and I think they they certainly do lean into that. I, one thing I loved about the opening of this, like you say, is just how traumatized he was like it's very obi-wan was like this kind of paragon of of hope and and um and you know doing things the right way and justice should be you know upheld and everything like that um a very like a a big schoolboy rule follower for Um, me obi-wan is the the embodiment of what a jedi should be he's like he's like the poster boy he is a jedi through and through yeah exactly um and and to watch him kind of like just be completely crushed down by the system. He has his he has his monotonous days working on like some weird kind of factory line, stealing his little bit of meat away every day in his little napkin. Um, and then like cute. it is cute, but then like he just he's so obviously destroyed from what he once was, like a general in this fucking like a, like a war hero, <laughs> like to to this. Um, and then you see a young Jedi, and it's his first opportunity to kind of take back what was lost and and maybe maybe make a stand however hopeless it might be and he's just like yeah go home dude i, I can't do this shit not anymore yeah. uh, and that's fucking it was fucking horrifying to watch that kind of stuff like it's it was it was kind of sad yeah it was even even the fact that you know he was he was faced with having to save um, a little girl someone who is who he knows is very important and in and his first choice, his first um, decision is, no, I I can't. It's it's not for me. You need to get someone yeah. else. I can't do that anymore. That's that's not my life. Um, because he is just so fucking traumatized and broken from, from you know believing that he killed Anakin from the loss of the Jedi from just everything that happened. Mm. It's. It's truly broken him, and it's <laughs> as strange as this sounds. It's so good to see yeah. you and broken. <laughs> it's it's very good because he does it very well. <laughs> yeah, and it, I think it closed some gaps in between, like um, where where we pick up in a new hope and where this is left off. Because you you can kind of see why he is this little this little weirdo in the desert, like this yeah. this little this little odd odd space wizard weirdo. Um, yeah. I, I and, think this really informs where where he ends up in a new hope in, in, yeah. in quite a big way. And they uh, they pulled a fast one on us as well because they obviously they had young Luke uh, in the trailer, which kind of I think maybe obviously it's a big thing to have like Luke in something, even regardless of what age he's in. He was a baby in the prequels, and people were still like Luke. Yeah. Um, and uh, they but what they obviously didn't show was that he's gonna be in like two scenes. Uh, and have like zero, pretty much like less than a half page of dialogue of lines. Um, no, I think he had like literally two lines, if that, in the entire yeah. show. So. But who who actually was there and who was or basically a co lead? 
um, was uh, was I I don't know the actress's name, but the girl that played uh, young Leia. Uh, something Vera Blair or something like that. I yeah. can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, no, Young Leia was probably the the absolute biggest surprise of this show. Was not expecting it whatsoever. As soon as you know, we had the establishing shot of uh, you know the the city on older one. I was like, what the fuck? What are we what are we doing here? Yeah. And then we see you know the the handmaidens and stuff getting this uh, young girl ready. I was like. Holy shit, are we doing this? Are we doing this? We're doing it now. <laughs> and then I, it's uh, a little alien girl. And I was like, okay. But we're still on Alderaan, though, so why show that? Yeah. And then, of course, we have, you know, little Leia running through the woods. And uh, she's so fucking good. Like, this this girl somehow embodied Carrie Fisher's actual spirit. Because she's so fucking good as, yeah. uh, as young Leia. She nailed it. She, I think she, she has an element of, of her that's like this very. So she's obviously Leia is known for her kind of her wit and her, her like how she presents herself as you know as a princess, but she's she's way more of a like a general and a warrior in spirit. Um, and she's she'll always come back at you if she thinks you're being a fucking idiot. She'll tell you. Um, and this this is this is very accurate. Yeah, but but the, she she was obviously a massive surprise. Um, my jaw hit the floor when she was there for whatever reason. Just I don't know if it's my, like my how I viewed things. Uh, I I had this show pinned as a very Tatooine heavy Vader showdown. Not much else. The fact that it became I think this, we all did, yeah, yeah. And the fact that it became this kind of father and son. Uh, fa- sorry, father and daughter. Obviously not not actually, but you know a, a kind of a, a found a found family kind of story um was was really was really interesting and a breath of fresh air and definitely something i didn't know i wanted and it also helped ease the pain of a of a kind of big lack of vader in the first half yeah no it's it was it was a really good choice it makes sense for the story as well if there is anything that's going to get uh obi-wan off tatooine and and get him to you know to do something and to to leave luke this is it this yeah. is it. He, as reluctant as he was at first, you know, Bale had to remind him he knows how important this child is, and and what you know, eventually she will mean for the galaxy and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and they they cannot let Vader get his hands on her. He, he doesn't know, but he's in danger of finding out if yeah. if in fact he does. So so yeah, it's it's massively important. It makes sense that that's the catalyst for him to leave and, and to go on this adventure. But aside from that, they the, first of all, the relationship between them, it's 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 fucking incredible. It's really heartwarming how it grows, you know, at first that she's he's kind of just a little bit annoyed by her and she's mistrustful of him. Um but you know, as things go on they get to know each other. She reminds him of of uh, his of her parents, and he obviously feels you know saddened by that, but then also heartwarmed at the same time because he has those memories that come flooding back. Yeah, um, and then she like really go, grows to trust him, and and he even is able to give her a little bit of information about her real parents and that sort of thing. Um, mm. so yeah, the the bond that they have, and uh, that episode, I think it's the end of episode uh, four, I believe, when they've just left Fortress Inquisitorius. Where she just holds his hand after they've escaped. It was I was really heartwarming, really, yeah. really good stuff. And then the final scene between them, I was crying my fucking eyes out <laughs> as well. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think like ultimately the entire thing, um, their their bond is is something that I think is very important, and it's also. It's so obviously Obi Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia, iconic characters in Star Wars, and it's but it's very very easy to forget they don't fucking speak a word to each other in a new no. home. Yeah, they don't. Uh, and and but you know there is still pres- a presumed relationship there. You know Obi Wan Kenobi once fought beside my father in the Clone Wars. Blah 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 blah. Um, it's it's all. It's it's important, I think, to flesh out that relationship because he would have had a connection to her to some degree, and I think. Yeah. I I, I mean I, the fact that she called her son Ben is it, yeah. It's that that to some people that's always come across as a little weird, little weird because, like you say, she didn't really uh, have any scenes with him. They they're not together in in any sort of material before that. So yeah, it would be a little strange if you just seen that, but now it this informs it more. Um, so it, it does make sense as well. I I was watching a New Hope last night as well, and um, there's some moments which just really stand out now. Like when Luke, uh, you know, he goes into the cell to to rescue her, and so I'm with Ben Kenobi. I'm here to rescue. She immediately jumps up and goes, Ben Kenobi, like really excited. Obviously, that didn't mean fuck all in '77. George was fucking putting this together with shoestring and tape. Okay, he didn't have a clue what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, again, it's just something that informs it. And then there's the um, there's the little smile that Ben has before uh, Vader cuts him down, which you know the, it's been said before that it's like him seeing the twins together again, which which you know it still can be, but also him seeing Leia again after everything that happened. It's it's just one yeah. of those. It's just add some extra weight to to what we had before. So yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah, and I think it's important in terms of uh, in Star Wars in general because. How often is it you have two iconic characters with this fresh of a blank canvas? Like, yeah. it, it, the, like the world, it was really their oyster, and I think what they did with it, um, it may not have been for everyone, uh, and by everyone I mean a bunch of toxic cunts. Um, but, like, if you found gem- genuine criticism with it, then great, but I think no one can deny that it is a heartwarming, emotional core to this story that is necessary. Um, and it really shows, like, it's... It's the embodiment of the fruit of the future generation that Obi Wan has to rise above his own demons to protect. Like at the minute, they're not able enough to, to to take the fight to Vader and take the fight against the Empire. He needs to kind of get over his shit, which is obviously very hard for him to do. Uh, but the, but these two kids and mostly Leia in this show give him the strength to do that, and I think I think it's a very important aspect of the story. And she, like you said, she just crushes it. She's so good. She's so good. Something as well I saw on Twitter last night, which I think is worth mentioning, um, may be completely coincidental. Um, but uh, in the uh, the Rise of Skywalker, Leia's lightsaber does look quite similar to Obi Wan's. Um, oh really? So, yeah. So that's just. Uh, something nice little detail again possibly completely coincidental but you know you can take these things you can make them connect so so yeah i was gonna say um i was gonna say uh, just on tatooine in general um no matter what time what time and what era in the galaxy you go there if you bring a metal tech a metal detector to tatooine <laughs> you're striking gold there's a lightsaber there somewhere just waiting to be found the Doom Sea is just full of lightsabers. <laughs> it just... is. So... It's it's had it's had Anakin's. It's had it's had Obi Wan's. It's had Reavers. It's had uh, Rays. Um, it's, it's had, had layers. It's, it's had, had layers again. Yeah. yeah. It's Anakin's and Luke's. Same. And same. However, however many other Jedi just wandered through there and just uh, 
dropped their saber. So yeah, I'm sure that other the dead Jedi that that the Inquisitors kill in like uh, episode one. I'm pretty sure his lightsaber probably just got chucked in the bin and has ended up there somewhere. Um, so <laughs> I'd, I'd totally keep it, wouldn't you, if you just saw a lightsaber lying around? A nice little, uh, nice little touch, nice little detail is that in the um, in the kind of like the Inquisitor's office, I guess the the walls are decorated with lightsabers. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd take one. If I was a stormtrooper <laughs> walking past, I'd be like, just in case shit kicks off. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be honest. This 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 uh, this kind of dictatorship has been known to to crumble a few times, to have a, a bit <laughs> some some uprisings every now and again. I'm gonna take one of these. Well, half um, an hour in, and we're still talking about the first episode. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's do some. Um, cause I, let's let's do. Um, Reva was an, a new character. Um, Reva what? Yeah, uh, another new addition. Uh, so right, this is. At first, oh here we go. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, oh, bloody here, here comes a racist rant. Everyone, no, not really. Um, I'm not that one of those Star Wars fans. Um, no, I, I liked so I, everything about her. I really liked. I loved her character. I loved the inclusion in the story. My only thing was that in the in the earlier episodes, naturally, the fanboy in me was like, "Can I just have some more Vader as the central antagonist?" That's yeah. what I. That's what I want. I want to see Vader. I understand he'll send his Inquisitors to do the busy work. I get that Reva could be in it. That's fine. I don't have a problem with her, and I like her character, and and I love it even more when it's revealed where it where it goes. Um, I just thought I just thought her inclusion was narratively standing in the way of Vader's inclusion. So I was a little bit like, kind of, can you get to the point with her, or just bring Vader in at some point? And they did do that. Don't get me wrong. Um. Now, when it plays out, I I understand how important it is that she is the central antagonist uh, for most of the show because this isn't Vader's fight isn't with the entire galaxy. It's with Obi Wan, clear as day. Yeah, and at first we just think Reva's being tasked with getting him for for him so that they can kind of beef it out. But what he's actually doing, what Vader's got going on is this just twisted sick manipulation of someone who he knows he's scorned in the past to an enormous degree traumatized and left for dead is now being like wouldn't it just be funny if i made her do some of this like yeah. wouldn't it just be like i don't know it just it to me it feels very much when the big reveal comes out in season five that she was a padawan um, there at the temple that day, barely escaped with her life, but watched Anakin slaughter all of her friends. Um, therefore, she obviously knows who Vader is, so she rose up in the Inquisitor ranks to get close to him, to kill him. To do that, she has to, and the show does obviously acknowledge this in a very obvious way, she has to become everything that she despised, everything that she stood against. Um, and embracing that dark side is often crossing a line that you you can't take back and i think this show with that character answered a really important theme of star wars which is that redemption is always possible um and like forgiveness is is key to to peace in this galaxy no i'm not i'm not going to stand there and say she was a world-class person for you know slaughtering people um but at the end of the day everyone deserves to be pulled back from the light or at least uh, to be pulled back into the light in star wars i do i think yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Um, w- one thing I would say is that if 
Vader was the primary antagonist for the whole series. I think you run into a danger there of kind of making him seem incompetent. Um, yeah, that's because true. you have to have like you know Kenobi get away and 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 all this sort of stuff because it's six episodes, so you got to sustain that story of how can you have Vader as the main antagonist for six episodes? Like, they, would they fight in episode one and then again in episode two? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I you, do. Yeah, I, I do. feel like you need someone else in there to sort of bridge that gap and to give Kenobi to someone to fight. Uh, and and again, it'll build up again to that final battle, which which I thought was incredible, yeah, uh, as well. And, that, and they ha- they do handle that quite well because the first time Kenobi goes up against Vader, naturally is traumatized, but he gets spanked. Like he gets. I, lo- I have a note that says, "I love that the first fight between Kenobi and Vader is kind of shit." Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but like, there's reason behind it. It's it's not just bad choreography. It's not just bad. Uh, you know. Uh, storytelling it's there's there's weight behind it with the characters it's kenobi's having a fucking panic attack while this is all going on yeah um and he he does not know how to deal with it all so so yeah it's it's really good seeing that stuff and he's and he's on the offensive as well like he's on the um he's not sorry he's on the he's on the back foot mainly because yeah in in his eyes everything that he's done to anakin like everything that anakin is in his eyes is his failure. And that, that again, that's something else that's addressed. He doesn't want to just take more swings at this guy. He wants to talk to him. And he wants to say, hey, like, I'm sorry, and try anything he possibly can to reconnect with Anakin. Yeah. And then Vader just comes at him and he's like, you are terrifying as fuck. <laughs> and then, and, and, but then, like, he's taking swings, they're ham-fisted, they miss, they're sloppy, they're a, a massive far departure from that shit that was in episode three with like the highly choreographed fights. Um, like, you know, that were like almost like dances. Um, it's it's a far departure from that because it's sloppy, it's messy, and it's and it's and it's supposed to give off this feeling of I would much rather be anywhere else than here. I'm just gonna try and stay alive while running the fuck away. <laughs> it's basically what it is. I side note, I saw after that episode aired, I saw someone say, "So that was the big rematch we've been waiting for," and I just, I was like, "Obviously, fucking not, you dickheads!" Just yeah. imagine waiting for a TV show to be finished. Um, that, that's that's a, another. That's, that's something a, else as well. That, that's something else that we should talk about. I think we should, yeah, because that has actually been a big thing going on. Really, <sighs> it's exhausting. It's, it's so frustrating as well because, like. No, no one gives these TV shows a chance to breathe. The same thing happened in The Mandalorian. Um, people getting outraged before plots had actually developed and finished. You, you know, like when, when The Mandalorian started and Din was not taking off his helmet and that sort of thing, everyone was like, well, Mandalorians do that. We've seen them in Clone Wars, so why, yeah. why are they not doing this? Disney's ruined canon once again. And turns out there's a thematic reason behind it if you if you just wait for the story to develop. Same thing with, you know, the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed and Reva knowing who Anakin is. And <laughs> there's fucking there's reasons for all of this stuff. So so I, I have an opinion about this. And I'm I'm and I'm unsure whether this is like whether this is one of their moments where people will listen to this and go like, yeah, that's obviously it. Or if this is like a relatively new thought. Um it's one of them things it's hard to tell because you just can't work out to what degree of a moron some of these fucking people are um it's with the the culture that we live in in terms of like you know there'll be easter egg videos out 20 minutes after the episodes air 
Um, because people will be watching the scenes researching at the same time and then have a team of like six editors to smash this video out Um, none of them have spoken to each other none of them know what's going on like they just know that they've got their two minute section to get out Um, we're in this culture and this isn't you know there are some channels out there that do that that do that and they do an amazing job at it and they're they're positive and the things they don't understand they say well let's wait for the next episode yeah but the but the the toxic culture on youtube uh, and twitter is that these these reactions make money they they're monetizable in in a in a very real sense so if you don't have a title and if you don't have a strong opinion on certain episodes because you're simply waiting for the story to play out you're not going to make money against the person that's like well it's episode 1 and disney have already murdered my wife like it's there's an argument to be made that Disney is blurring the line between art and content. There is absolutely a line. There, there's absolutely a conversation to be had there. But these people are making it worse. <laughs> these people are reinforcing that this is just content to be consumed as it is and not art that should be appreciated as a whole story and, and enjoyed in like and enjoyed in an episodic format and where your thoughts can formulate afterwards i understand speculation i think it's cool when channels go online and they go like yeah maybe this could happen maybe that but then if you want that to happen and then you get mad that it doesn't happen because you you let out all your opinions and made yourself look like a fuckwit on episode three when there's still three more to go that is your fault (laughs) and you are dumb for expecting it to go your way because you wanted it to i can guarantee you lucasfilm know more about star wars than you okay exactly They they didn't get it wrong they didn't break canon. They know what they're doing. Okay. Oh, God. So, just it really, wait. It riles me the fuck up, you know. It's it so frustrating. Because it's, it's, just, it's just pointless anger. There's just no need for it. The fact that, like, after episode four, everyone was pissed off because there was no Clone Wars flashbacks. Okay. And then, literally, the very next episode... We open up with uh, <laughs> we open up with Hayden uh, as Anakin just before Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah. It's you know literally just fucking patience, mate. Just yeah. have a little bit of patience. Just take that one said. Just have a little patience. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, Thank you. What do you so? kind of we we've got to the to the vader's vader's big fight um and then episode four takes place it's a bit more of a let's lick our wounds kind of thing um yeah. and that's uh remind me episode four is when obi-wan sneaks into yeah, there's jedi fallen order but with obi-wan yeah yeah okay cool <laughs> um yeah um all round good episode it does it does what it needed to do in terms of it's a it's a one-two gut punch where obi-wan's just had his his fucking you know He's just had his shit rocked by Vader big time. Um, and then he has to go into the place where he's almost certainly unprepared to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think... What do you, what's right? What's what's going on with that fucking big, big wall of dead Jedi? So, I guess it's just like a fucking... A sick power play, kind of. Just like, yeah. for the Inquisitors to just go down there and remind themselves of what they've done. Um to be like, look at all these Jedi we've killed. Look how cool we are. I, I guess it's just something like that, it, which which is not unheard of in Star Wars. That kind of shit has, has come up, you know, before and that type yeah. of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's just some weird tomb, really. As, Pad- as, uh, the Padawan in there, the dead Padawan's got to have done some 
like now that we know where the story goes, got to have uh, kind of rocked Reavers stuff a little bit, isn't it? That was fucking horrific. I yeah. thought the fact that there's just a dead child preserved in whatever that is, like fucking amber or something. It's that is really fucking horrific when you think about it. Yeah, just in the fucking wall there on display. Um, Paul went out for Terra Sanube, my king. Is that R. the guy? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> is that the R.I.P. For those for those who don't know, because I think that is a niche Star Wars cut in my. It's opinion. very niche. It's very. Yeah. Niche. He's he was he's in like two episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, so he's it's, a, it's very niche. He's a Jedi that looks like a goat, and that's about it. <laughs> he's, um, he's, a, he's a great Jedi. Okay, he teaches Ahsoka all about patience. He's very good. People need to watch that episode because. Like I said, patience. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Take that taught me about patience. <laughs> anyway, Paul went out for Terrace and Ube. That was a great yeah. little nod. Um, yeah, yeah. And what I liked about that episode is it was um, Kenobi stepping into himself again. And after, you know, yeah. having his fucking ass handed to him in the episode before, he's he's returning back to what he once was he's he's becoming more and more of a jedi uh as that episode goes on so so that was really good in terms of character development for that episode it was also just fucking hilarious how he was just walking through the fortress with like leia just under his coat as, <laughs> as he just walked past fucking that, stormtroopers and everything that's another thing that just caused so much um oh, what's that what was that tweet that went viral and it was like real scene, real production value or something like that that was obviously supposed to be like mocking the state of this show. Um, and my answer to that is, when have Stormtroopers ever been competent? What? <laughs> my answer to that is, Star Wars has always been dumb. It's Shut always up. been dumb. <laughs> it's always been dumb. Remember in Empire Strikes Back, most people's favourite movie, when there's just some weird frogman hitting R2 with a stick? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> And Chewbacca's wearing his like welding goggles. Like it's it's everything is designed in Star Wars to be a little bit silly. It's, it's just silly. Get over it. If you, th- yeah, like look, I get it. All right, you're not you're not taking like someone out of a military compound by putting them doing the Eric Andre show and having someone under your coat. Right, it's not happening in real life. But guess what? This isn't real life. This is a TV show in a galaxy far, far away. It's if you can't handle a little bit of light stupidity, then fuck me. I I don't want to live in your world because it sounds very dull and boring. One thing I will mention as well, we we discussed it briefly. Um, is empty fan service and and fans saying what should have happened and and these moments and that sort of stuff and I don't want to harp on this too much because I'd rather be more positive than negative but some of the shit I've seen man, fucking hell Um, there's a reason you're not a writer okay, there's a reason you're not writing for a TV show Um, you know uh, during episode 5 when Vader and Reva have that fight um, and then he gets her two lightsabers. I saw people saying, oh, he should have done the Dooku thing. He should have just decapitated her like he did Dooku when he had the two lightsabers. Um, rather <laughs> than it, you know, being thematic and actually relating to her as a character, let's have it relate to this other character who has nothing to do with this show whatsoever. Yeah. But yeah, let's 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 have a callback to that moment for no fucking reason. Because <laughs> that's the one thing Star Wars is lacking. Vader murdering someone. We need more of that as opposed to the new 
introspective thoughts and character arcs of a new inclusion. Something that, by the way, everyone fucking wants. <laughs> like... Another another one I saw, and I genuinely could not believe this was serious, but it was, um, was that in, in the last episode, when Kenobi and Vader are having their duel, um, and... and uh, and Vader like shoves him down that pit and then buries him under the rocks. Someone genuinely said Vader should have said, "Now I have the high ground." Oh, for the um, love of Lord! <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Ugh, that is possibly some of the worst writing I have ever seen. So um, I can see why they didn't go that way. <laughs> no, but... Nathan, what you should have done, what you should have done, is buried him under the rocks, stood up on the cliff, and gone. Uno reverse, and then just, <laughs> and then fucked him up. It's these people. They what they want is to throw their popcorn in the air and give a big round of applause in individual moments. And it's oh, just they don't want stories. They want moments that they can point at and recognize. They want to do the Leonardo DiCaprio meme thing. That's all they want to do. They don't yeah. want stories, and it pisses me off. And I like. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a fine line. There's there's a not a fine line. Sorry. I think there's a there's a happy medium between that place. Yeah, I want to see Kenobi do some stupid shit that calls back to some other stupid. Oh, don't get me wrong. When Kenobi fucking in the fight against Vader, the second fight, the the fight at the end, when he did the classic Kenobi pose, I was like, oh yes, that was yeah. that was a great fucking cheering moment. But it, it was a moment that made sense, and it was a moment that felt earned. You don't just, like I say, shove it in there at the beginning for no reason. You have yeah. to have reasons and wait behind it all. And also there's a there's a line between something that's excusable as just a light nod and a wink, and there's also something that's, like, fucking, like, just bad and, and poorly done and, and, and stupid and something that Vader wouldn't... Vader doesn't turn around. Vader's been sassy once, and it was already weird. It was weird, yeah. Uh, so don't do it again. Is what I'd say. Vader isn't sassy. He's not a character known for his wit. <laughs> I, I um, kind of is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The the one thing that um, the one thing that kind of that that kind of it does great fucking what's the what's this word boils my piss is the expression, um, a little bit is when people say like like for example obviously Qui Gon came back and I don't want to jump ahead too much but just while we're on the topic of the fan service stuff, um. Qui-Gon came back, and people were like, oh, fucking hell, and not... This is a character in that universe! He can come back! That's not fan service. He's a character that exists. It's also a story beat that's been uh, <laughs> woven in throughout from the beginning episode as well, so... Yeah, it's not... It's not... It's not Falcon appearing in Ant-Man and being like, hello, I'm the Falcon from the Avengers movies. Yeah, it's not just a cameo. It's I mean, not sure. Yeah. It technically is just a cameo, but there's there's a reason for it. That that the word cameo has done irreparable damage to society. Yeah. But like, it really has. It, what it is, it's it's not a cameo. Yes, Liam Neeson returns. Yes, it's only for a short while and a, a couple of lines at the end of the show. Yes, he hasn't played the role since fucking 1997 or something. Um, but it's like it's not it's not a cameo. It serves Obi Wan's story. Obi Wan has had to deal with some turmoil, some shit. He finally got himself to a place where he is ready to receive more guidance. Yeah. And then Qui Gon appears to him, and it's the nod that says, 
up to A New Hope, we'd imagine that Qui-Gon was with Obi-Wan, training him, providing more lessons to him. All right, and that's why he's not so fucking... <laughs> it's not like, Luke, please bring me death. I've been alone for nine years on this rock. It, but it boggles me. It, it really does baffle me. There is a diff- Please, 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 please learn the difference between a cameo and a worthwhile inclusion that, yes, may also serve as a wink and a nod, but also is relevant to the story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's move on. Let's not give in to anger. Let's let's be like a joke. <laughs> I'm going to turn to the dark side, Nathan. I'm so I'm so cross at no. these people. Yeah, I know. Don't don't let don't let your anger consume you. Um, right. let, let's move on. Um, episode uh, five. I just want to talk briefly about oh, there's so much that we started to talk about. Um, so first of all, the fight between uh, Reva and Vader, which is is it's just great the fact that he doesn't even bother to pull out his lightsaber and yeah. he's just fucking moving back and forth and using the force and stuff what did you think of all that oh good stuff it's one thing like disney has never ever fumbled darth vader they 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 do him so well and they have they they make him a genuine threat of in in obviously in the original trilogy um i think the exception to this is um well, no, no, because he's, he's, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with in Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, but in in, um, in in A New Hope, he's a bit clunky. He's a bit like, you'd, you'd look at it now and be like, this guy is the scariest thing ever? Why? And when you die, I'm then still going to taunt you in like what looks like a an Arkham uh, cutscene, like you, you know, like the death screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the, just the, the the people standing above you, like being like, "Ha, I killed you." Um, yeah, like it's it's scary and it's good and it's it villainizes him just that little bit more because that's the episode where we've seen we have the return of Anakin, we see Hayden. Um, in his kind of in his uh, Attack of the Clones uh, get up and and yeah. setting, and it does it, it humanizes Vader again, which is necessary because every now and again, it's very easy to fall into the trap of that's iconic Darth Vader metal metal man, who's just a stone cold killer. You 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 need to be reminded every now and again that that was Anakin Skywalker, a very nice guy to a degree. Um, so the episode does that, but then at the end of it. It, it does an important thing that fight specifically with Reader, where it sets where where it sets up the threat again. It, it he's a, at the end of the day, whatever of Anakin was there, it's not acting at the foreground right now, and he is yeah. stone cold, ruthless, and needs to be taken down. It, I, it's like he says in the fucking in episode six, he killed Anakin. Um, you know, he killed Anakin a long time ago. Anakin's dead. Whether or not you want to take that literally or not, it's, that's a whole other discussion. And I think there is, there is sort of wiggle room around all that sort of stuff. I don't think Anakin is truly dead because, well, obviously he comes back to the light at the end. Um, but but yeah, it it, it definitely feeds into to all of that stuff. One thing I I do really like, uh, again, just touching on you know Reva and and that fight as well. Um, I I like where it ends up for her and how like after you know ten years of just seething in her own anger and rage and and not progressing and just and just feeding off hatred for ten years it it gets her fucking nowhere 
Yeah. After after ten years of doing that, she is in literally the exact same position she was as that child, being yeah. stabbed in the exact same way. It did absolutely nothing for her. It, again, just feeding into the themes of all this sort of stuff. It's uh, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's like you say, it's 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 a very obvious metaphor for the fact that it's this is you know revenge will get you nowhere. Falling to the dark side is just futile you've given up this much of yourself for ultimately nothing um and it's yeah it's the moment where she sees how compromised i did i did take it with with reva towards the end and actually no we'll, we'll get to that in a second the um the, the what this is my favorite episode of the show episode five um okay i yeah. love it i love i love the finale um you know but it's it's in terms of like pieces of art it's it's a lot in terms of there's a lot they have to do and yeah. I love it, and it's I was like, going on. Yeah. yeah, it's by far, it's by far the most engaging and like epic episode, <laughs> for lack of a yeah. better word. But but episode five, I think the show really, really came to play with um, kind of you know Kenobi having to revisit a past of himself that he's long since shut off, which is the teacher, which is yeah. what would I do in this scenario? Because it informs what Vader did. Yeah, and like yeah, exactly. it shows, it shows you that whilst these two couldn't be further apart in their life and all the history that they've shared together, Vader is still using lessons taught from Kenobi to advance where he needs to be, showing that that bond between like master and student is very still much like still much present. Um, and obviously, there's that line in A New Hope, you know, when we first uh, when you last left. Um, fuck it, what's what's that line that I was the learner when I, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Yeah, which obviously I know happens because Kenobi spanks him in the final fight, but it's also you know on this. But I, I don't think it's talking about that though. I've I, I've always taken that as when he because he says when I left you. I don't I don't think it's the last time I saw you. It's when I left you, as in when I left the Jedi. I oh, think yeah, it's true. talking about Re- Revenge of the Sith. Maybe yeah. I get. I guess it's it's open, isn't it? I suppose. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just I just love that that it it. There's, it's almost like the three-parter fight sequence that informs the 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 opening act, the middle act, and the final act of that episode, um, and it and this one specific fight just details out Vader's entire plan and how Kenobi to how Kenobi can beat him, um, and it's it was reminiscing to a time when Anakin was at his most, like his his ego was at its largest. Um, yeah. and he he finally had a bit of power behind him for the first time in his life, and he was like, I can, you know, oh fucking, what what did he say? It was um, what's that line in episode um in episode five where he says something about how um, you know, he it's not it's the fight's not over until someone's dead or something like that. I can't remember the exact line. It's not that episode but... five is in Empire or episode five? No, no episode five is in Kenobi. Uh, who says it? What's sorry? And there's a very there's a line where Anakin says something along the lines of like the fight's won, um, because there's nothing that Kenobi can do, but but he's wrong. Oh yeah, and Kenobi says uh, something. I I know what you mean, but I can't recall the exact line. Yeah, yeah it's something it, it, to the to the effect of like the fight's not over, lightsaber. I don't know something. Yeah, so, so, something something. I made my point. You all heard yeah. it. Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> great content um yeah and and just as a side note that whole sparring sequence between and it's not really a sequence because it spans over the whole episode but but that that fight between you know them in, in the prequel era it's, it's so good 
It's it's really fucking good to see. Uh, sure, it's not de-aged for some reason. Sure, they look older. I don't care. It, yeah. it it's fucking great. It, it's really good, and the fact that they you you can see like uh, they the fight choreography that feeds into their their battle as well on on Mustafar because they do the whole like. The, you know, the, as as soon as the the fight on Mustafar actually starts, the bit where they're just proper fucking hammering into each other, you know, yeah. they do that bit and all that sort of stuff. They go back to back, uh, like they was on um, on Grievous's ship in Revenge of the Sith as well. Uh, all really really good callbacks, really good stuff throughout that whole sequence. Yeah, it's it's like firstly, um, the best the best two hand to hand lightsaber um, duelers are back, like. These these two have always maybe it's because the prequels have always demanded more of lightsaber combat than yeah. any other era of Star Wars. But these two and Hayden specifically, they're just world class at this kind of shit by now. Like yeah. and and like Hayden, the way the way Hayden portrays Anakin fighting is has always been so captivating to me. Like to watch him fight when he's putting his whole <laughs> I don't know why this came to my head but he's he's putting his whole vedusi into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. He is. I'm very I'm very interested to see the you know I would imagine there'd be the eventual Disney Gallery Obi-Wan Kenobi um which will come out about the making of this. Yeah. Um and I, and I'm really interested to see how much of that is them having to learn it again and how much of it is muscle memory and then yeah. just jumping back into it because because I'd imagine there would be some of that uh just just coming back to them. So Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see that sort of stuff. Well, like well. fucking you and McGregor, it was the better part of 10 years of his life like training for this kind of stuff and doing this stuff. Like Hayden obviously a little bit less, maybe like I don't know, six or seven years or something, but it's like, it's yeah. You'd have to think they picked it up fairly quickly, but at the same time, they're older men now. <laughs> like, they are, won't. they are, they're older men, but Matt, they're still going. They're they're yeah. fucking doing good despite that fact. I mean, what Ewan's like fifty something now, but yeah, they, he can still move with the best of them. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I also think like on the de aging front as well. Like I've always been a thing of. Like yeah, at first it's it's so very obvious that they're ten years older. Okay, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it yeah. gets across the point of what it does, then I'm fine with it. Like yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not like to me. There's a big difference between this and then like CGI Palpatine's face in in Episode Three when it does sometimes when I catch it, it does take me out of the sequence. Like I, I prefer it to just be untied. If they couldn't do it confidently, then I respect the fact that they just went. They get it. They know what this is. Yeah, fair enough. And they, they look good. They yeah. sure you notice it, but you know they're not fucking decrepit and horrid. You know they're yeah. still, they're still handsome men looking great. So also yeah. to to anyone listening that had a problem with it, you moan when they do it. You moan when they don't. Pick a fucking side. Lawrence, don't give in to anger. No, I'm Nathan. I'm so frustrated <laughs> no. with the reaction to this show. Um, <laughs> so am I, but don't give in. Don't okay, give all right. In. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so hard when I logically Lawrence, I'm right. Lawrence, let it go. Let I it go. know. I know. <laughs> let the force in. Let it go. No. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. Do you do you have any kind of thoughts or or have you thought about at all when that fight takes place? Do you have like any sort of head cannons on that sort of stuff? Uh, it, so it's before the events of Attack of the Clones, or at least the uh, Geonosis stuff, because he's got a hand. He's got his yes, hand. it's definitely before Attack of the Clones, yeah. 
Um, I don't know when. I'd imagine maybe like because he's back in. You know, he's back in Coruscant. He hasn't been there in a while because of Padme yeah. and X Y Z. Oh no, Padme's the one that returns to Coruscant, isn't Padme she? Padme returns to Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I guess just before Attack of the Clones, I'd imagine. I like I like to think it's immediately before because like at the at the start of the episode, uh, when we see Hayden, he's actually looking out towards Padme's apartment building. Oh, okay. Um, that that's it in the distance there. So I like to think they've they've been informed that they're going to be, you know, assigned to protect Padme, uh, and he's just taking a moment to look at that, and they'll have a little training session, squeeze one last training session in before they go and and jump up to the elevator ride. Mm. So, I um, I like absolutely enough. no basis for that whatsoever. Pure speculation, head cannon, but. But yeah, as well. No, I, I think I think I think that works. It slots in quite nicely, and I like that. Uh, if you if you take it in that way, um, it, they're staying true to Attack of the Clones. Anakin being a top tier predator, um, so <laughs> it, on, it, it keeps it accurate. Um, <laughs> one thing I thought about in that training session, right? Yeah, these aren't prop lightsabers, right? Anakin is straight up chopping Obi Wan in half if Obi Wan is not out of the way. There is there is a training setting on lightsabers. Is there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I've never heard about this training setting. It's because you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, Lawrence. Fucking Star Wars <laughs> Rebels. Need <laughs> yeah. it for all my canon. Why is it to enjoy anything these days? I must watch twenty-seven seasons of a Clone Wars show that w- that is okay. predominantly, I hear, mostly fine. Well, I don't care what you hear. You listen to me and no one else. No, I'm letting the anchor in. <laughs> yeah, Nathan. Okay. Jesus. And the first, the seven seasons of Clone Wars, four seasons of Rebels. All right, it's very doable. You just watch like twenty eight years of Breaking Bad, so <laughs> deal with it. Um, I had to catch up. Um, so let's move on from that fight and then go to another fight. Let's let's move on to the rematch of the century, the the big one, the showdown, the uh, Obi Wan versus Vader. What I live for in Star yes. Wars. And I do understand that I'd have a lot more of this if I watched Rebels or Clone Wars or whichever one it happens in. I think it's Rebels. Yes. What I live for is the half unmask of seeing seeing Anakin Anakin's little scarred potato head in in his Vader mask. But the one thing I've never heard because and I've heard it but I heard it with the the uh, the voice actor for Anakin, remind me, Matt Lanter. Um, yeah, I've heard it with him because uh, I've seen that scene um, yeah, where he confronts Ahsoka or the other way around or whatever. Um, one thing I've never heard is Anakin's voice, as in Hayden's voice for me, because that's that for me. That's my definitive voice. Yeah, like that's just how I hear it because I've never seen enough of the Clone Wars to really resonate with the the his voice in that. Um, is is just i it there's something about it it's so good it's so good to see his face like half caved in and you can hear his like his voice coming in and out of being more anakin more vader like it's there's something about it that's just so pleasing and and scary and kind of sad about the whole thing 
it was really good sound mixing on that part. The, the the way like you know the James L. Jones voice is slightly broken and distorted, and, yeah. and the way Hayden's voice peeks through, and it kind of switches back and forth between them. It all of that was was really good, and yeah, something similar, uh, something <laughs> very similar is done in Rebels. It's almost this scene identically done, really, but with Ahsoka instead of Kenobi. Um, it's it's a really good moment, and 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 that's okay. I'm 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 perfectly okay with that because it's a great moment to see again, and, and like yeah. I say, you get it from a a slightly different perspective. Um, but 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 yeah, it is done really well, and it's really unsettling as well seeing mm. um Anakin smile underneath the mask, that that wicked, again almost predatory smile that yeah. that he had. Because um, I, I heard this somewhere, I can't remember where, but the idea of Anakin smiling under the Vader mask is just really unsettling. Like while he's just slaughtering people, that's yeah, that's not is. really something you think about really. Because obviously the mask is there, but and there is a person underneath it. What what I loved about this is when you get the so Vader's obviously gone down a path that is very hard to break, as we see, because every t- every person Vader in the original trilogy speaks to, he's like, "You want to you want to help me kill this old guy," um, yeah. and it, it's obviously an unbroken path. But the one thing that we we kind of see in A New Hope is that. Obi-Wan and Vader's relationship, it looks almost civil. Yes, he kills him. Yeah. But they, they have a chat. It it feels like an old acquaintance doing what needs to be done. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And then this kind of got me a little bit in a kind of a hook, line, and sinker moment. where, And I think the dialogue is very intentionally kind of crafted in this way. Where for a second, you you think that Anakin might be letting some emotion out. Um, yeah. When he says to him, "Like I am not your failure, Obi Wan. Like I killed Anakin Skywalker," and you see that moment, you go, "Is he kind of like giving Obi Wan the the closure? Like, if is he kind of being like, not like I'm I'm not going to stop what I'm doing, but at the same time, stop killing yourself over this." Yeah, is he giving him? He that? is, but uh, he is, but unintentionally. Yeah, he is. But he, what I'm th- what I'm saying was, did he mean to do that? Does he not mean to do that? And then when he obviously quickly then turns it and says, "I'm still gonna fuck you up," like I'm gonna fuck everyone else up, and he very quickly just turns straight back to the dark side. It's like if he ever left it, obviously. Um, it, it's that, it's that... even it's even shown really well with the the lighting of the lightsabers on his face yes, as well, because yeah. it's like. You see Obi Wan's blue reflected on him face, like as he's as he's initially saying that, and then uh, Ben's lightsaber lowers, and Vader's rises, and then just the red takes over, and yeah, uh, it's, it's really good, really well done. And it's yeah, and it's such a it's such a it's such an interesting scene, and it's it's really well done. Um, I do. What do you think of Obi Wan's fight style in it? Because he does go a bit Super Saiyan. I fucking yeah. love him, man. I love how he's, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not holding back. Like, he is ready to fucking... Like, if like if if I didn't know that Vader was in the original trilogy, then I'd be like, is he going to fucking kill him? Because he's, he's, yeah. he's, really, he's really fucking gunning for it. Um, and, I, and I just... I love that he... That Vader just... Every time he comes up against Kenobi, barring the, the, the briefing kind of they have earlier in the series... He he just cannot be him, and that's got to be fucking eating away at him. He's mm. never been able to to properly be Kenobi, yeah. you know, outside of a training session. So it's that's always fucking his greatest failure. 
that's always eating away at him. And I, I, I would even argue that even in episode four, he doesn't beat Kenobi. He, he, no. he, he, he kills it. Well, he kind of kills him. Um, but I, I think Kenobi achieves what he wants to in that fight. Yeah, oh, the, his Kenobi's loss in that fight is very much his choice. Like, yeah. like I, I don't get me wrong. I don't know in terms of episode four's as it as in like a New Hope's restrictions in terms of filmmaking. I don't know what it would look like had Ben Kenobi tried to kill Vader in that sequence yeah. with old Alec Guinness flailing about. <laughs> um, maybe it looked like it would look like that fan film that's also done irreparable damage to Star Wars, um, yeah. <laughs> where it just suddenly becomes fucking Transformers with the light glares and stuff like that. Um, no, I think uh, what, what I love about that fight as well is it kind of um, it ties up some some loose ends in a in a way that's kind of not so obvious. Yeah, there's the infamous like it's it's very look. We all know George Lucas didn't intend for Darth Vader to be Luke's dad until the sequel rolled around. Everyone knows that, and in this instance, you know there, there's some there are some light fan service moments in terms of. Like, the obvious question is, why didn't Obi-Wan just fucking put him down? Like, why didn't he not... Because one of his greatest failures, even though he wouldn't view it this way, but in the eyes of, like, a, a general Star Wars consumer or fan, um, is, you know, if he, if he just put him down at the end of episode three, things could have gone a whole lot different. Um, in, sorry, well, in from, terms of... But from Kenobi's point of view, he did. Well, yeah, exactly. He thinks that he did, but he couldn't do the final blow. He couldn't give the fight. He couldn't watch him die. He had to walk away. Yeah. Um, and that was that was obviously a big, a big, not a big flaw and not a big regret. But you know, I'm pretty sure that some other people in the galaxy would think of it like that. Um, and and in this one, you know, he he's ready to, you know, as as crushing as it would be, he's ready to take the responsibility for his former student and say enough is fucking enough. Yeah, and when he finally turns, when he finally goes, um, you know, when when Vader's like true intentions are revealed, when he finally is like, yeah, as you thought I was getting redeemed, I'm not getting redeemed, and also I'm never gonna fucking stop, and you're gonna die, and I'm gonna kill everyone you fucking love, all of that stuff. He's like, look, like to me, I read it as like, maybe there's something left in you that I can't access because we have too much history together, but also at the same time you're no longer Anakin, therefore my business with you is done. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much Luke in Return of the Jedi throwing his lightsaber away, you know? Mm. Not fighting. It's 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 the the chance and the choice to be the choice to be better. Obi Wan says in the New Hope there are alternatives to fighting. He says something similar in uh, episode five of this, I believe. Um yeah, yeah, it's 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 again Ben becoming the Jedi that he once was. Um, and and I just love that stuff. I love that he rises above it all. He realizes that this is no longer his mistake to fix. It's it's time for him to to be a Jedi once again. And you know, yeah. part of the Jedi way is just not killing someone in cold blood while they're down because that's given into anger. That's given into the dark side. And and mm. even in moments where yeah, he does let the anger in throughout that fight. It's very clear beforehand that he is letting some of that feed into his fight. But but the way it ends up, the way it winds up, it's it's a really good um, emotional connection and emotional beat to yeah. the whole fight in Return of the Jedi again, which uh, well, which you, I you, enjoy. 
you've got the the kind of lovely moment when he's trapped under the rocks and he first starts letting the floods of Anakin's rage in and he starts channeling the fact that, you know, this is his responsibility. He's feeling anger towards the fact that Anakin almost betrayed him uh, in this way. But then he very quickly returns to the warmth of his memories with Leia and his like duties to 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 Luke to look over yeah. him and stuff Plus like that. Plus the past behind him, he focuses yeah. on the future. Yeah. So the the new hope, as it were. So so yeah, that's that's what he focuses on, and that's how he's able to fucking to rise up and above it all. So mm. thematically, really good stuff. That's that's yeah. the shit I love in Star Wars. The the one thing I was going to say about this episode that I said I'd save save it for a sec. Um, whilst I get it and I understand why. And I understand that there needed to be something for her to do. And I understand the parallels then drawn between hunting a child, i.e. Reva, i.e. Anakin. I do think it was a little bit of a departure for Reva's character. It felt like, yes, she knows that she obviously knows that Luke is, is Anakin's son now. Or she at least knows he's a boy very worthwhile protecting. Which And she's not stupid. She can put two and two together. Um... And she goes to hunt him. And I get that that's giving into it. But she was just humbled by Vader in the biggest way. And she knows that Vader doesn't know this. She knows that Vader doesn't know about Luke. So, like, what's, what's she doing? I think it's a way for her to get back at Vader. In the way that I think she can... I, I don't know if she would have ever gone through it. Obviously, she didn't in the actual show. But a way for her to kill this boy to then bring it back to Vader, bring him back to Vader, I should say, and be like, this is your son, look what I did, look how, look what I'm capable of, blah, blah, blah. Whether or not that's the intention, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just a thought I have. Um, I, it just, I it do... struck me as a shame, like, I get I get why, and I get that it was the quickest way possible. They, the, this episode had so much to do, um, and I get that it was the quickest way possible to, to get to drum home the point of Reaver's arc, is to not give in to the 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 violence that was kind of dealt to her um and not and not carry that cycle of violence forward and uh, and instead you know put a stop to it but at the same time the breakthrough that she had in episode uh 5 um where she revealed who she was to Kenobi and Kenobi finally got through to an emotional level uh, to an emotional level on her um that wasn't rage it, i i don't know it felt like it felt like a bit of kind of backpacing I don't think she did really learn a lesson in episode 5, though. I think she was still very much blinded by her own anger and her own rage, and that was a downfall. Like, she had a chance to to go at Vader, and rather than thinking about it logically and thinking, this guy's powerful, can I really strike him from behind? No, you, you can't. You, you just fucking yeah. can't. She, she didn't see that. She was too blinded by her own rage, and that was a downfall. Again, she ended up in the exact same position from 10 years ago because of it. Um, and, and I think this, what her what she does in episode 6 is just the final step in that. It's the, it's the final step of her holding on to that rage. It's only when she sees herself in Luke, literally, <laughs> that, she, that <laughs> yeah. she's able that she's able to to finally break the cycle and 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 to let go and then you I, I do love the moment between her and Ben at the end where she like she asks him have I become him him being Vader um and and Ben's like no you let go you 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 did what he couldn't and that sort of stuff yeah um, it's, it's it's a nice moment of of like you said earlier 
redemption and, and no one's ever like like a fucking in uh, the sequels no one's ever really gone like Luke says all connects it all connects it's like poetry it rhymes again it's like poetry it's sort of they rhyme <laughs> the return of the soundboard <laughs> epic yes. yeah no I yeah no I, I agree I, I I know what you're saying I don't know it just I, I I'll need to rewatch it because I love the character of Reva I just felt a little bit unsatisfied um, I felt like it almost kind of went against what she would have learned at the end of episode five. Um, but I understand that sometimes, you know, there's, you know, a, a redemption can be, can be kind of multifaceted in the sense that it's like, um, she, she went off the deep end and then she even, she went even further off the deep end before she stopped herself. Uh, maybe I need to rewatch it. Cause I see what, I see all the logic behind what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, side note, I lo- I fucking love that Amberu did not hesitate. She was <laughs> fucking oh, she was ready, ready to throw down and protect her son. I love that. I loved fucking Owen and uh, Baru in that moment. Um, I, one thing I will say, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get more of them. I get that it's not their story. It's it's it, you know it, the show ended up being something different. Um, but Joel Edgerton and, and uh, Bonnie Pierce, Bonnie Pice, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Um, but they were both very good. Um, yeah, I, for sure. I, I, I'd like to see more of them. But it's but good yeah. to see them do things, isn't it? Uh. Yeah, but Baru <laughs> did not fucking hesitate, <laughs> and I love that. When you're thinking about that that little old lady in a denim jacket pouring cabbage into the the dispenser and making a blue milk, <laughs> think about how at a moment's notice she will pull out a gun and fucking end yeah. you if you she's, she's if ready you come for, it. for her son. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, the the last the last thing about this um, uh, the, the moment that I loved. Um, Holy shit! I'm late for work. Oh fuck! Sorry, okay. Um, yeah. The the one the one thing that I loved about this um, uh, like one of the things that I loved about this story uh, was the the bit where Ben at the end um, or Obi Wan whatever um, he realised hmm. Maybe I shouldn't try to induct this boy into a cult at the age of 10 again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the future will take care of itself. I'll let him just be a dude. Yeah. yeah. I'll let him be I'll... a regular person. And that is obviously, you know, that's obviously one of the failings of the Jedi was that it was this kind of weird cult um, that at its at its finest, it was still this hyper strict religion uh, and a bunch of weirdos um, yeah. with no kind of backbone in place for when things went wrong because nothing would go wrong for the Jedi. <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I love that realisation where everyone kind of at the end realises, yeah, no, absolutely, he should just be allowed to get on with his fucking life for a little bit. I um I do love the moments when uh, where, where uh, Owen asks him if he wants to meet him again, crying. Um, very good stuff. Yeah. Very good. I enjoyed that quite a lot. And then, obviously, the hello there. Which... <laughs> <laughs> hello there. Um, one one last thing I'll say. It was, it was, really, it was great to see Qui-Gon again. It was a, a great payoff moment. And I like that he'd always been there as well. It yeah. just took it took Ben you know, to, to reconnect with himself and, and the Force and all this sort of stuff for him to actually see him again. Mm. Uh, he needed to find peace within himself. And then once he found that, his old master was able to return, which is... Just a sweet moment. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's it. All around, bloody good. Bloody good. Will indeed. there be more? 
Maybe that's for another time. I don't have time to talk about it. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of don't think there should be. Like, I think this was a, I think this should be. One I don't have one. time to talk about it. Right. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening to uh, another happy. Pod. I wouldn't say no though. I wouldn't say no. But yeah. Yeah. No. If the right premise is there. Anyway. Thanks for listening to another happy pod. These episodes go live Fridays 10 a.m. You can follow us social media at another happy pod Twitter Instagram. You can give us a review five stars please or get fucked. Next week we're doing this. Hello, it's me Nathan from the future. We're doing Ready Player One. I don't have time to edit in a sound clip because the episode is due out in 10 minutes and I'm still fucking editing anyway bye love you wow that was fun can't wait to do that Nathan go back to work hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.